Welcome to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity with your host, Dr. Veerdra Jackson. On our program, we explore the flip side of every story. And when you open yourself up to both sides, you'll realize that there are life lessons, powerful tools, and so much more. Now, here is Dr. Veerdra Jackson. Hello, hello, hello. I am Dr. Beatrice Jackson, the CEO and creative of Living Strong Consulting, and welcome to the flip side of adversity. We are continuing our conversation around resilience and strength, and I wanted to share a quote that has actually been on my website. It actually originally was on my website. It's not even there anymore. That's how deep this conversation is going to be. Um, when I launched Living Strong in 2016, and the quote is, a fit leader is a better leader infused with more energy, productivity, confidence, creativity, mental agility, and endurance. A strong leader must maintain mental and physical wellness in order to effectively drive the organization forward and inspire the team. Um, and that's by Brent Gleason. So as a leadership and team development trainer and coach, I have lived by the motto of uh, a healthy leader is an effective leader. And I believed that quote, but I was struggling living it. Um, and honestly, you, you all know, on the flip side, I am absolutely honest and 100. One diagnosis after another began to cloud my vision and discouraged my spirit. And I remember my conversation with my doctor about six months ago, and I literally crying to her said, I don't know this version of me, this one with the with this diagnosis, that diagnosis, 40 pounds heavier than I have been since, uh, I want to say, before um, JL, our, our youngest, when you have an accountability partner that y'all know, Yvonne. <laughs> when you have accountability partner in your community and you are sitting there crying and complaining but not changing, and she's like, girl, get up, and runs me next door into Find Your Strength Fitness and introduces me to our guest, and I have to tell you, it has been four months. I am 20 pounds down, full of energy, waking up without pain. And for my FYS community, when it's not leg day, y'all understand. <laughs> and actually feel stronger, like mentally, emotionally, physically, I feel like I actually am more alert and alive. And I can't wait to introduce you to this amazing human being um, because I honestly, in such a short period in time, she has truly reintroduced me to myself and I am so grateful to have her. So 
I know you've been waiting on the edge of your seat. You're like, well, who is she? Well, let me tell you who she is. Deanna Harris is here and she is committed to coaching you to your greatest results. She is a certified trainer and nutritionist and she's changing the game to group training. Um, in today's fitness industry, there's so many gyms willing to cram as many people as possible into one space and offer some type of workout with exercises, which the participants can barely do um, effectively. And that is actually what I have found to be a critical difference to find your strength fitness. Um, we affectionately call her Coach D. She offers challenging and energizing one-on-one -on -one and small group training with a focus on form and proper execution. Form and understanding are everything when it comes to achieving maximum results. There is more to begin, um, more to being fit than just the exercise class. And while focusing on your exercise is also important. Y'all, she can really mess with my food. Y'all know I'm a snacker. <laughs> she also focuses on nutrition and is committed to strength and conditioning and just overall wellness. So I'm excited to share with you. She um, has a... Uh, I've been in this space as a participant, but I am privileged in this space to actually be able to call her friend. Mm -hmm. Welcome to the flip side of adversity, Deanna Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm excited to be here. Thank you, Dr. V. So let's, uh, and I have so much I want to talk about and um, Facebook, social media community. I know you are ready with your questions. You have been quizzed all week long. <laughs> Make sure you come to this conversation with questions in hand. So I want to jump right in. So how did you get um, start, actually started on this wellness journey? Mm. Okay, so great question. Uh, I am someone who, as a as a young person, meaning like school age, was mm -hmm. always involved in sports, basketball, softball, um, field hockey. So I never really had to pay that much attention to um, my weight or my physical, my state of physical fitness. But then as I got older and became an adult, just like so many people's stories, um, you know, fast forward to in my late 20s and then into my 30s, became a wife, a mom, um, just started to really focus on everything else and everyone else and kind of let myself fall by the wayside, right? Which is the story for so many people. And so um, in 2016, I found myself at the, what I consider the unhealthiest point in my life. So a quick snapshot of what a day would look like. I was working as a, um, a broker in the financial industry and um, my office was on like the third floor of our building. And I would park my car and I would walk up the stairs and it wasn't that many stairs, but by the time I got to my office, I felt like 
I was winded. I was just like, what in the world? Like, girl, mm -hmm. you have got to get your life together. Mm -hmm. So throughout the day, I might have like, my heart would start fluttering for no reason. And I was just experiencing these changes, no energy, mm -hmm. just always, you know, whatever. So I ended up going to see the doctor about the heart fluttering. And he told me after doing testing and everything, he said, you're really pretty, you're okay. It's just that you could stand to lose a little bit of weight. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> well, how am I supposed to do that? <laughs> so I, I needed to, to lose weight and I knew that I needed to start moving my body. So initially I really didn't know my experience with exercise was always like the treadmill, you know, um, videos, things like that, it, but a bunch of cardio. So, and I was like, God, I do not feel like doing this. But I remembered people always saying, your nutrition is more important anyway. Mm -hmm. Nutrition is more important. So I said, well, I know I'm not eating well. I'm going to McDonald's almost every day. I'm eating at fast food all the time. I'm eating these big unhealthy breakfasts on my way, you know, bringing them into work. So I said, well, let me start there and let me, I don't really know exactly what I'm supposed to do, but I pretty much know what I shouldn't be doing. So I started making my meals at home for the most part, instead of going through drive through whatever I would make at night, I would kind of try to take it for lunch the next mm -hmm. day or make myself like a sandwich. I started looking at portion sizes and what's the serving size for these chips and so i would say all right well, i'm gonna count out 13 potato chips instead of taking the whole bag um and i just started that way very slowly but just really determined to make some kind of a change mm -hmm. and by doing that and just focusing on my food i started to see my weight come down my knees weren't hurting as much when i walk up the stairs um i had more energy I had less cravings for the things that I really probably shouldn't have been putting in my body so often. Um, and so those changes just made me want to keep going. Yes. Um, and then I said, well, I got to incorporate. So about 35 pounds in, it took me a few months to, to lose that. Um, and then I said, I got to do something for exercise. Mm -hmm. So I started doing like group fitness started going to like the Y. Yes. Um, I really love body combat because I love like punching and all that. And then I was laying in bed one day and I was thinking about weightlifting. Yeah. And a commercial came on for this at home program. Um, and I said, well, let me buy the DVD. Look, that's how long ago that was. <laughs> let me buy the DVD and start this. I could do it at home and let me just see how it goes. And I fell in love mm. with it. Fell wow. in love with it. Felt strong. I felt challenged. Like, okay, today I picked up 10 pounds. But maybe next week I want to try to do that with a 15 pound dumbbell or, you know, whatever. So, um, so that's kind of how I got started. Um, and it took me about a year. I lost 80 pounds in the course of that time. Wow. And I didn't do anything. I didn't do any fad diet. I didn't do any crazy uh, amount of exercise. I was very consistent, but I wasn't working out like two and three hours a day. Um, 
just real consistency and becoming a student of the process. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Researching what's most effective and all of that. Um, and that's that's basically how how I got wow. started. And so I have to tell you, I so appreciate your journey and what you shared. I think the thing, and I've told you this, so you went through your own journey, but then you decided to transition to, so I found some things that work for me. Mm -hmm. Let me grab some certifications and start doing it with other people. Yeah. And I have to tell you, um, as I told you in preparation for today, I, um, I, and, and <laughs> when I started losing weight, y'all, she said, well, did you take a before picture? And I, I had to say, you know what, Deanna, I actually didn't because I didn't think this was going to work. Mm -hmm. So I never even took a before picture. Yeah. But when I met you, your whole energy and light and i was like i could she's not scary other people <laughs> i've been to the gym and everyone looks so angry mm -hmm. and it, they were doing things that were really scary mm -hmm. so how did you discover that you could actually empower enlighten and inspire other people on a similar journey I love that question. So that actually takes me back to my first experience as a trainer. Mm -hmm. And I was doing, so the weightlifting part of it, I loved. I had that down. I would go to the gym. I had my program because um, I was doing the at-home program for about a year or so. But then I started taking the same program and taking it to the gym. So I had my program at the gym and I needed to incorporate cardio in some kind of way. Um, and I'm just not a treadmill girl. I don't like to go outside for long runs. I know you do. I know. I'm trying to transfer some of that energy over here. But that's just, it's just not my thing. And so, but cardiovascular, uh, I mean, it's important to maintain a healthy heart as well as building your strength. So um, I was going to a kickboxing gym mm -hmm. for some cardio and uh lo and behold so it's so my encouragement of other people started as me being a participant in that program like i was that person who was like come on y'all we can do it you know they're like who is this loud girl over here on his back <laughs> so i've just always been very excited about it ever since i saw that this really works mm -hmm. if you stay consistent with it mm -hmm. and so at that gym, they asked me to come on as a part-time instructor. I didn't have any certifications yet, but what I found out about um, the fitness industry and a lot of franchise fitness is that you can be trained there. You don't have to be a certified personal trainer. They can train you through their own program in order to be able to, you know, work for that um, particular franchise. So... It was a surreal moment for me because coming from where I where I began, it really meant a lot that they're asking me to come on and train other people. So, of course, you know, I, I was all for it and I started doing that part time. So I'd go to my corporate America job in the day, go to my kickboxing instructor job at night. Well, I found myself during the day people were sending me questions and so i was like sitting at my desk and i'm supposed to be you know, doing my thing. <laughs> and i'm so excited about 
I can't wait to get to work later on tonight. And, and so that kind of snowballed into me just wanting to learn more and more as much as I could about everything having to do with fitness and how I could continue to help people. Um, and so eventually that the owner of that location knowing my background in business invited me to come he needed a manager for that location mm -hmm. he invited me to come and manage the the team um and run that franchise and i talked to my husband mm -hmm. and he said go for it whatever yeah. it is you want to do let's do wow. it so that was kind of the turning point that was the yeah. pivotal moment where i said i'm going to go from this security in yeah. corporate america to doing something I've never done before in an industry I've never done before, I should say. Um, and that it completely changed my life from there. So bef before we, we go any further, because mm -hmm. oftentimes our, the, our listeners are listening for strategy to move through taking a risk and staying consistent. Mm -hmm. um, that, Although you, it sounds like you found your passion, mm -hmm. it sounds like it, moving from one industry to another is scary. Mm -hmm. So how did you, what were some practical things that you did to actually get over that what if, oh no, did I make the right mm -hmm. decision fear? So within me, there is this thing that has always been willing to take a risk. I think it's deeply tied to my faith in God. Um, I listen when he's moving me, right? And um, I just think it's important to believe in something before you've actually achieved it. And so that really helped me when I was going through my own journey. Like I saw myself as a fit person before I was fit. You know 100%. what I'm saying? A hundred percent. I was living that lifestyle and I was like, this is me. Like I could have been, you know, the, the bodybuilders that I used to see in the gym, like even though I didn't look like that, I was already that inside. So for me to make that jump, number one, I had an incredible support system. My husband, even though he's such a silent partner in all of this, he has he has really helped me and supported me through every single thing that I wanted to do. Um, even from when I first started going to the gym, which is something that so many of us struggle with, mm -hmm. he would tell the kids, yeah, we're gonna listen talk about that too. Okay. So I'll wait, I'll wait. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but, but to, to finish out what you were asking me, I am not afraid to take the risk because I always know that God's going to catch me mm -hmm. if I fall. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Don't yeah. be afraid to fail because you can always fail and keep moving forward. Yeah. Right. Yes. He had already taken me on such a journey professionally. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, if this doesn't work out, I'll go back to doing what I was doing before or, mm -hmm. you know, something else. Um, and so I just believed I just yeah. really believed in myself. And you can't let fear stop you from taking that step forward when you know within your heart that it's something that you're supposed to be doing. Yes. So even talking, so let's talk about fear because okay. <laughs> I'm laughing y'all because 
when I tell you I said yes because Yvonne pushed me into <laughs> sure this enough. gym and she said she's over here complaining, crying over <laughs> over this doctor's report. Talk to her. Yeah. And, and anyone who knows Yvonne knows that's literally mm -hmm. what happened. And so I found myself in signing up for one class at a time, y'all. I said, no, no. And I, my excuse was, I don't have time. I don't have time on my schedule. I can only schedule one at a time. Yeah, so I'll do that. this. But you know what it was? I was scared to death. Mm. Now, for those who have known me for a long time, they're like, what? Exactly. Because I'm a runner, mm -hmm. right? But, and I I will run and run and was in top shape. But when I tell you the description I told you at the beginning, I had lost sight of yeah. her. One diagnosis after another. And when they told me the, the amount that I weighed, it crushed me mm. and i literally was like okay well you're old and you <laughs> are it's pretty much done it. now this is it so i signed up but i was scared mm -hmm. so for for the people who are listening um, similar to you, because I know there's some moms that are like, I don't have time mm -hmm. or I am too far out of shape to even mm. consider this. Or I think I'm too old to actually start this journey. Like all but all three of those are fear responses. Mm -hmm. What do you say to them? I think you have to figure out which fear is greatest. So for me, that moment when I said you got to get your life together what hit me was you are literally eating and sitting yourself mm. to death mm. so you're looking at your family you're looking at these three children you're looking at your husband you're looking at your family and thinking what i was thinking to myself was if you keep down this path you're not going to ever see your children get married. You're not going to see them graduate. You're not going to see them get married. You're not going to be able to retire with your husband, see your grandkids be born. Like this was hitting me like a ton of bricks. Mm -hmm. I can remember that moment like it happened to me yesterday. And that fear was greater than the fear of me having to make a change, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why it, it always sounds, I think it goes over people's heads a lot of times when we talk about your why has to be important, right? Mm -hmm. We all, Everybody throws that around, what's your why, what's your why? Uh, I wear a bracelet that says, remember your why. I don't think we dig deep enough into our why because when somebody comes to me and their why is, well, I'm going to Jamaica in six months and I wanna be able to wear a bathing suit, like, Okay, that's great. That's a goal, right? Mm -hmm. But that bathing suit in Jamaica ain't gonna get you up at five o'clock in the morning when that alarm clock goes off and your mm -hmm. bed is saying, no girl, stay right here. Mm -hmm. That bathing suit is not gonna push you forward, right? So you have to really dig in. And I think that's where it gets to be 
finding that thing, that introspection that I had to do mm-hmm. and realizing I'm here because I put myself here, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's nobody else's responsibility Owning to take care first. of me, mm-hmm. right? It's mm-hmm. mine. Mm-hmm. So I need to figure out how to make this work. And there's other people who have the same responsibilities and more who are doing it, who mm-hmm. are making it work. So stop making excuses and get yourself up. This Mm -hmm. is the conversation I was having with myself. So what I would say is the very first thing you have to do is call yourself out on your own excuses. You have to understand that it's not about having time to do anything. It's about you making the time and making the effort, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because there were times when I... When I first started my strength training, I really was only doing it at home. Well, there were times when I would come home from work and I was so tired. I mean, exhausted. But that thing in me wouldn't let me go to bed until I put that DVD on and did my 40 minutes or whatever it was, right? So it was that thing. It was Mm -hmm. that fire that was always burning Mm -hmm. to make sure that I was doing my doing what I said I was going to do for Mm -hmm. myself. So don't worry about finding the time. You have to make it work. And that's when I think about like coming home from work, me wanting to rush out to my exercise class. Mm -hmm. My kids were small then. And you know, you come home, they want to, and I, I love them. So I want to give them time. Well, my husband would say to them, you know, it's very important to mommy that she, go get her exercise in. And so we're gonna wait until she comes back from the gym and then she'll give us all the time that we need, right? So between he and I, we kind of worked that out where then when I got home, Mm -hmm. I was giving each of them their own time and making sure that I was present, right? They noticed the difference in me which made them want to continue to give me that time, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so, so I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that I'm answering your questions, but for all those moms who are saying, you know, I just can't, I don't have the time, I can't change the way that they eat because then my kids are going to get upset. And no, no, if that's not good for you to put in your body, mm-hmm. it's not good for them to put in their body yeah. either. And I think sometimes we go so extreme, like mom thinks she's got to now just eat celery and carrots and everybody right. doesn't want to sit around and eat that. So, but, it, but that's not it. It's just figuring out good food that mm-hmm. you can feed them. Doesn't mean they can never have chicken nuggets or they can mm-hmm. never have French fries. We eat that kind of stuff frequently. But it's just finding more health-minded versions of, instead of going to McDonald's, Mm -hmm. we're going to get the ones that we can make at home in the air fryer and they're healthier. And you know what I mean? Yeah. And once you're doing that for them, like I said, they see the difference in you and they see mommy doing it. Mm -hmm. And you're such an example for them. They want to do it. Right. You make them excited about it. Um, so yeah. And, yeah, and any moms that are confused about it and struggling, you know, reach out to me because yeah. I'll walk you through it and talk you through it. For that's sure. that's a hundred percent true, y'all. Yeah. Because when I tell you, I was scared, and, and people, I know people are listening. Like, what happened to Petra? <laughs> she ain't scared of nothing. I was scared. I was scared, and um, but again, when the doctor said pre-diabetes, mm. I said. Oh, Mm-mm. that will not be mm-hmm. the legacy I live. That's right. 
And what I heard you saying is you have to have a very clear why that is bigger than you, Mm -hmm. than your checklist of incremental goals. Like it has to be purposeful. And for me, it was literally, I didn't, one, so I think about, I have three grandchildren Mm -hmm. and I want to be that Gigi that, um, first of all, when the oldest before the twins arrived um, and I would run a race and Gigi, he would see me out on the course and he's screaming and waving. And then when I finished running, he wants to to run too. My daughter's like, you can't go out there. (laughs) And I'm finished. And he's like the first hug. And he saw Gigi run. Yeah. And I want, that's what I I want him to remember um, and to be able to be connected to the vibrance and the life. And I was like, yeah, no, I don't, I don't want diabetes. Mm-hmm. So what we're going to have to make a commitment. Mm-hmm. But I think also sometimes that fear and those unrealistic expectations mm-hmm. are tied to myths. Mm-hmm. And you shared five myths with me. And I want us to make sure we have time mm-hmm. to talk about them because as you shared them with me, I said, you know what? I believe there's some people who believe this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so let's just unpack one at a time. So um, the first one you said, you know what? Honestly, um, five harsh fitness truths. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first one was people don't actually want to change. Mm. Can you unpack that for sure. us? Sure. So so these are, these are harsh the harsh truth that people don't want to really face, right? And she's harsh, (laughs) but she's loving. She's harsh in love. She's harsh in love. And you know what helps me to be, my approach to be in love is because I've been there. Mm -hmm. I know what it feels like to say you want to do it, but you don't really want to do it, right? Uh, So people don't really want to change. And that's really the truth. Like my favorite person, is the person who's at the point that I was at who really does want to make a change. But most people, they really are more comfortable staying the same. So when you're saying you want to make a change, you need to really look inside yourself and say, but am I willing to do what it takes to make that change? Mm -hmm. Am I willing to do the hard work and step outside of what's comfortable? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, So, so yeah, so I would, I would spin these into these are mm-hmm. fitness truths that are hard to take. They're hard to take. But but they're the truth, you and, know. And can I say just another personal moment? Um, I remember I was on the floor and you had us doing some exercise and I did not want to pick up a particular mm. weight because I said, no, that's a little heavy. <laughs> I'm going I, and I had this conversation with myself. Yeah. Before I I said no no, I'm going to pick this weight because I think I can do this yeah. one. So let me do this one and I'm going to get through this move. And I'm on the floor. She had us doing something that involved floor work. She got down on the floor, <laughs> laid on the floor next to me. 
and said, you are stronger mm. than you think you are. Mm -hmm. And just because it's hard doesn't mean you can't you do, do it. it. That's right. And I was like, oh, I love oh it. my gosh. <laughs> Get away Lord. from me. <laughs> I was like, Lord, why is she like <laughs> channeling all energy that I give to other people? Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, I was like, oh, yes. all right. All right. And you picked it up and you did it. I did. Mm -hmm. But but it's true. Like people, human beings want to stay comfortable mm -hmm. and um, and recognize, which I feel like goes into the next harsh truth mm -hmm. is motivation is a feeling. Mm. Yes. People are often waiting to get motivated. Yes. To exercise. Yeah. I remember asking my group at the end of a session. To put these three things, I said, I'm going to give you three words and I want you to put them in order for me. And it was motivation, action, results, right? And so most people would think that that is the correct order. Mm. I feel like I'm motivated to do it. I go, I take action, and then I get these results. Uh, when actually the correct order is action, results, mm. motivation. Yeah. So motivation to me is very surface. It means that I have to actually feel like doing something and rely on that instead of relying on this habit that I've built. And it's a non-negotiable. This mm -hmm. is what I do every morning at 530 or whatever it is. Um, because once I take action, the results are going to happen. Mm -hmm. Oh, they're going to happen. Mm -hmm. And then once I start to see that result, that's when I feel encouraged. I'd yeah. rather use that word to continue, yeah. right? And so it's really about the habit building. Mm -hmm. And it's about doing it whether you want to or not. Because as sure as I'm sitting here, when that alarm clock used to go off for me at 4.45 in the morning and I had to go to the gym, mm -hmm. It wasn't like I was jumping out of the bed like, oh, I can't wait to do this. I'm so excited. No. Most mornings I was like, oh, this bed feels so good. But Mel Robbins has a, she has a, uh, a, a principle. It's the five second rule. Yes. Okay. Yes. And I share mm -hmm. this with so many people. And it's literally the things that we are most resistant to. We need, and, but we know we need to get them done. We need to count back five, four, three, two, one. Get up, do it, right? Yeah. So I, in the morning, used to say, all right, girl, eyes open, feet on the floor. Sit up and get up. And I used to say that in my head, sit up and get up. And that's what I would do. And I would get up and I relied solely on the fact that this was the habit that I was building. I did not feel right if I didn't get it done. And there was no negotiating about it yeah. with myself or anybody else. Yeah, that actually reminds me of a quote I used in last week's podcast um, because someone asked you asked me, "How do I stay consistent?" Mm -hmm. um, it, it, you know, they start something and then they fall off. Mm -hmm. And I quoted John Maxwell. He said that we often have uphill goals, but downhill habits. Mm. And so it, it's really taking a stock 
And what are what are my habits? Because just wishing and wanting, which is, I love her the the quote around the <laughs> top uh, around her yes. logo is stop wishing, start working, mm-hmm. recognizing, just wishing or wanting it, or even waiting to feel like it. Because emotions have no intellect, and they are all over the place. That's right. That's um, right. So yeah, it's it's tied to habits. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, I can't. There's so much I want to talk about, y'all. <laughs> so the third harsh truth yes. that people are probably getting wrong: building lean. Oh, this one here. Uh oh. Yeah. So, so <laughs> this one here: building lean muscle burns more mm. fat than the cardio. Now, before you talk about this, mm-hmm. I have to be honest. Mm-hmm. So I'm a runner. Yeah. I love running. Cardio. Yeah. And my doctor said, now, y'all, this this is, you know, part of why my soul was crushed. (laughs) He said, at your age, yes, Mm -hmm. she did. She said, at your age, you have actually run to the point that that's not, your body isn't, that's not going to have you lose mm-hmm. weight anymore. Like your, your, your body, body is adapted. Your body is adapted mm-hmm. to your running. Your adrenal glands are exhausted. Mm-hmm. You have to strength train and cut back on running. <laughs> I know y'all, whole feelings all hurt. I said, devil get behind me. <laughs> I have to cut back on running. Mm. And she said, I want you to double or triple lifting weights and cut. If you can cut it out. I said, no, 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 I can't cut it out. She said, cut it back to maybe one, no more than two times a week. Mm -hmm. And I was running five, at least five times a week. Mm. So, um, so yeah, building lean muscle burns more fat than cardio. Yes. Her feelings, y'all. So <laughs> the science behind that is that muscle is tissue. So it's a- actively burning fat while you're not working out, right? Mm-hmm. So part of that, so if your goal is fat loss, you definitely want to focus more on strength training. Your cardiovascular training is important. That endurance training is important because it makes your heart healthy, right? Mm-hmm. So you need both. But you definitely want to build a strong body. And by way of you doing that, you're going to burn more fat while you're at rest. Mm-hmm. And that's the goal. We mm-hmm. don't only want to burn calories or energy while we're doing the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, because once you're once you're running, when you stop, that's it. Mm-hmm. You're not burning anything anymore, right? But if I'm building muscle in my body, I'm burning it. Yes. At rest. Yes. So so that's the science behind the whole fat burning part of it. The other thing that's so important, especially as we get older, we tend to lose. We can lose up to 30 percent of our muscle mass if we're not strength mm-hmm. training. Um, I think the the statistic quotes like between the ages of 50 and 70, but you begin to lose it in your 30s. Mm-hmm. If you don't focus on it, you can lose like three to I think it's somewhere between three to 8% per wow. decade of your life. Right. Wow. Yeah. So starting in your thirties. So if you are not strength training, you are going to lose a significant amount, amount of muscle mass. Now, why is that important? Because as we age, if our bodies are not strong, it's going to limit 
our activity, our mobility, our our ability to do everything, right? Um, And just not being strong should be something that people don't want. Right. It should be something that they fear not having a strong body because that could mean that you are one fall away from being completely immobile. Yeah. Right. Yes. So I think a common misconception, especially with women uh, that I've, you know, something that I've experienced professionally is women who say to me, well, I don't want to lift heavy weight because I don't want to get bulky. And I, I know that that's something that people fear, Mm -hmm. but it's not a reality. Okay. So people who train to get big, uh, they are on a very special program that involves a whole lot of extra things that, that the regular person, the ev- regular everyday person is not going to not going to experience. What you're going to experience in your body first is becoming lean, mm-hmm. which is we talk about the fact that fat takes up more space in your body than muscle. So the very first thing that's going to happen is you're going to start to see your body composition change. So as you build muscle, you're not only becoming a smaller version of your current body, but you're actually being getting more definition. Yeah. That's that toned look yes. that everybody talks about. Your gait, your when you gain lean, when you gain muscle mass, it's lean mm-hmm. initially. It's mm-hmm. not bulky. So you should never be afraid of that, right? Yeah. The thing that that we do that we should be cautious about is when we're when we're involved in a strength training program, we need to be training with the coach who knows what they're doing. We need to not be lifting heavy like in our living room when we're just watching like a video or we don't have somebody there that's really helping us along with our form. Mm -hmm. Um, And even in group fitness, you have to be really careful because there are some experiences because I've had one myself um, where it's just like a general, you know, the trainer may or may not be certified and they may or may not be coaching you properly. Mm -hmm. And maybe they're just pushing everybody to do something that can't actually be good for them. Right. Uh, One, I just want to share this one experience because it's one of the things that is in the forefront of my mind when I was taking my classes initially at, um, at the Y, there was a strength training class. And I just think that the, the coach there was not properly mm. educated on, or maybe it was just too many, there was too many people and she couldn't keep track of everybody. But my experience on my very first day was everybody had their little weights and their bars and everything. Right. And I was like, I didn't know what I was doing at all. And so I loaded up my bar like the girls in the class were just helping me. I loaded up my bar and we were going to do bicep curls. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I went to lift the bar up, I felt a pop oh. in my arm. And I was like, oh, well, that wasn't right. <laughs> that couldn't have been good. No. Um, and I hurt myself. Mm. I hurt myself. I got a, a tear and um, and that really turned me off mm-hmm. to weight training initially because of that experience and so i just say that to say you can't be afraid to get into a weight training program you should be seeking one out Mm -hmm. but just make sure that you're in the right one and that you're doing it with someone who actually cares about you and your safety yes 
So the fourth one, you are not burning as many calories as you think. Oh, Lord. Well, this is just her. She has a a tendency to hurt your feelings, y'all. just stab me right in the heart. Yeah. So those calorie trackers, which, again, from my personal experience, even when I was in the throes of my journey, 2016, I'm working my little butt off. Um. I used to, I did not wear like a Fitbit or anything Mm -hmm. at first. And then everybody was telling me, oh, the Fitbit. uh, uh." Um, It was never something I was really concerned with. I tried it for like a week and I think I just got frustrated with it. Um, The thing that I think of, the, the, the greatest example I think of here is when somebody's in one of my sessions and their watch is not like working for some reason, right? And they're there and they're, (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, well, you do realize right now you're not burning anything, right? Because <laughs> you're worried about that number. So the issue is, unless you're wearing some sort of a device that's tracking your actual heart rate, uh, which is usually worn like around your your chest or your abdomen, um, the wrist, I think, I think it's like it could be up to 30% rate of inaccuracy, mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. It might be a little bit higher, but um, we shouldn't be so fixated on how many calories did I burn? Oh, I burned this many calories when I was doing. Okay, that's great, but don't let that be the end all be all. Right. 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 The calorie burn on the watch, the steps, because really, if you wear that thing and you just stand still and do like this. <laughs> It's gonna say, "Oh, girl, you burned it. You burned it." So, so we have to know that that's an indicator of inaccuracy. Yeah, um, the steps are great. I think, especially for a beginner or somebody that's really hyper aware of their movement, I think it's great to make sure that you're getting a bunch of steps in. But for somebody who that's the only thing they're looking at is, "Oh, I got my ten thousand steps in today." Okay, well, that could have been you walking from the couch to the refrigerator. Right. You know what I mean? So that's why those devices are not, they're great if you want to just use that as like a little fun fun thing for Mm -hmm. you to do and and feel like you're you're doing something. But really regarding them as like, you know, the end all be all, um, especially when people have them attached to their food logging. Yes. And they say, well, I burned 530 calories, so I should be able to eat 530. No, do not do that. Do not do that. Yeah. That actually reminds me of a quote you shared in class one time, and I immediately posted it on social Mm. media. So I might be getting it wrong or twisted. You're correct. That's okay. (laughs) But in essence, um, what I took from it was being more committed to the process than... the result. Mm -hmm. And so when you said that, I was like, okay, because, you know, in my mind, as you recall, I said, I started this journey (laughs) because I was like, I am not going to, I am not going to have diabetes. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to stay 40 pounds. I've got to get this weight off. My knees were hurting Mm -hmm. all the time. And I have to tell you, the whole lean muscle thing, I have not had knee pain in months. Side note. So I, 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 that comment made me pause and say, okay, just get laser focused on staying consistent mm-hmm. and doing the work. 
and let and let the results be the results mm -hmm. but but put all of your energy into actually the process itself yes. and, and and trust it yes yeah well, we still got one more and right. oh and oh oh my goodness i know y'all we only got seven minutes left oh. <laughs> most people um most people around you actually are not really caring whether or not you meet your fitness goals that's a hard one that is a, that's hard, a hard one, one. She, this is harsh like <laughs> that <laughs> somebody bring out the stretcher yeah, yeah. you know it, it's hard but a lot of times that is such an important part of our process because we're surrounded with these friends sometimes family and they love us but just because they love us doesn't mean that they want us to change, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so if you find yourself and your friends are the ones who, if you say, oh, I can't go to that happy hour because I, you know I got to get to the gym at 530. Mm -hmm. Oh, come on, girl. You can do it. Like, it's just one workout. You can miss one work. You yeah. might want to give them a little bit different access to your goals and what it is that you're trying to achieve, right? Yeah. Because it's a hard truth that a lot of the people who you think should care about helping you propel yourself forward, they really are more comfortable with you not changing because they are not comfortable with the change. Mm -hmm. So you just really be aware of the people who are supporting your journey and saying, yes, let's do dinner after or let's go another day or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's what I mean by that. Which kind of leads me into actually talking about the um, community that you have at mm -hmm. Finance. And there's at points in which I had to work an entire week last week and went away to a conference and I actually missed the community. <laughs> Those crazy people. I actually missed the community. My legs are still <laughs> sore from Monday, but I miss the community. What is the what's the beauty about the community you've built? I feel like you you know you've heard the phrase your vibe attracts your tribe. Yeah. I really honestly believe that and I know that the right people find me, right? A lot of the people that I train uh, have been with me for years. Some of them have been with me since 2016. Mm -hmm. They've gone from kickboxing to another gym. And then when I started my own thing, they were just kind of like, where are you at now, D? And I'm like, well, I'm not really anywhere. But uh, so they've been with me for a long time. But even the newer people that come to me, it's just I read energy very well initially. And people read my energy mm -hmm. because I'm never going to be anything other than exactly who I am. So people already know if they can, if they want to be a part of this or if they don't. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that that's the basis of why this group is so incredible. I feel I feel that. I will give myself enough credit to say that I do think that I set the tone. Mm -hmm. There are certain things that I just won't tolerate as far as the group is concerned. I won't tolerate people hurting other people's feelings or sharing information that we shared maybe in a private group. Um, you know, I, I just, I won't tolerate like 
so much negative energy. I want people to feel encouraged and strengthened and empowered when they're with me. And I, I want them to feel the same way w- with the people around them, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Some gyms you go in and you stand there and you just wait for the workout to start and nobody talks to anybody. And you're yes. just like, and it's intense. Girl, and I hate that feeling, <laughs> right? Like, Come on, I hate that feeling. What's going to happen? My experience with other gyms has given me such a gift to know what I want mine to feel like, yeah. right? Yeah. And so um, so I, I just attribute the community to just having incredible people, incredible people know incredible people, and they bring them, and there we are. Awesome. So we have about three minutes, <laughs> and um, so I'm trying to think, because y'all, I have six questions but- I haven't asked her so speed round just telling you just letting you know um i i think to piggyback off of what you just said yeah you are known as the compassionate coach Mm -hmm. what does that mean it means that i know what it feels like to be just getting started and not having a sure path I know what it feels like to be in the gym and be intimidated by the work or the people who are around you who are already familiar with it. I know what it feels like to be discouraged, um, but to have to move forward because you just really don't have another choice. And I know what it feels like to be involved in a program where I don't feel supported. Mm -hmm. And so I take all of that And I deliver it in such a way that I'm not babying you because we're here to get a job done, right? You're with me because you want to achieve a certain thing, whatever that thing is. But for me, I'm going to strengthen you from inside first. Mm -hmm. I want you to know that you can do this. Mm -hmm. You got what it takes to do it. And I want you to know that what it is that you need is already in there. You don't need anything from me except just that reminder. Um, And so I think that's where the compassionate part comes from, because I have not been this way my whole life. And I know what it feels like to have to take that journey. And I know what it feels like to get to that point where you feel great. Um, And so, yeah, so I I love that description of me. Awesome. So with our last two minutes, um, and I want to leave time for people to be able to follow you. So yes. what are your social media handles? What? How can people find you, follow you? So I think the best um, page to follow is my Instagram, which is at the Coach D Difference. It's just all spelled out. T-A-G-C-O-A-A. I'm sorry. C-O-A-C-H-D-E-E. D-I-F-F-E-R-E-N-C-E. The Coach D difference. Uh, ooh, I feel like I was in a spelling bee just I now. I know. <laughs> but you did it. But you did it. Jesus. Did it. But that is, um, that's the best page. I also have a website that is um, F-Y-S, the acronym for Find Your Strength. So it's F-Y-S-Fitness.net. Um, and you can go there to find out anything about my program and even to get started. Wonderful. Wow. So this is going to be loaded. We have one minute. Uh We have one minute. And I always ask guests, there's someone who is um, feeling discouraged um, and uh, not sure 
about their next step, but they're discouraged. Mm. 30 seconds, what would you say to them? Mm. Well, first of all, I told you my faith takes me where I need to go, right? So I remember Viola Davis has a quote that she shared and it said, courage is fear with prayer. So you have to have the the hope and the belief that what this step is that you're afraid to take, the one step that you're afraid to take could be the step that changes your entire life, right? So you have to, like I said, overcome that fear um, and just push yourself forward. Do it afraid. Do it afraid. uh, And just know that I'm going to be there to support you, to pick you up on all sides, (laughs) right? Yes, indeed. So there you have it. Another powerful conversation (laughs) here on the flip side. And we do hope that you've gotten some nuggets, some inspiration and encouragement and meet us right back here. Same time, same place right here on the flip side. Check you out next week. Thank you for tuning in to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. Please join your host, Dr. Veerdra Jackson, for another edition of our show next Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week.